0: How to talk to 9s and 10s, the social intelligence to connect emotionally with a woman. Do you freeze up when you see a hot girl? Do you struggle with knowing what to say to her or fear running out of things to say? Do you yearn to attract women through conversation? All of these problems are 100% fixable. What if you could start a conversation with any woman at any time, anywhere? What if you never ran out of things to say to keep the conversation going, without boring or annoying her? What if you could captivate a woman's attention easily and connect with her emotions effortlessly? What if you could flirt her up without creeping her out? That would be a more ideal life, wouldn't it? I'm telling you that all of this is 100% possible. How to talk to nines and tens, will show you step by step how to accomplish this with a proven system that goes from opening to flirting to closing. You'll discover how to effortlessly start a conversation with any woman you want, the fastest way to find out if she likes you, shortcuts to get past small talk, how to never run out of things to say, how to flirt her up without creeping her out, the way to ask for a date that she can't say no to, how to emotionally connect with her, and the one thing that separates the studs from the simps with actionable advice and step-by-step instruction you can immediately put it into practice and start having better conversations with beautiful women today how to talk to nines and tens available on amazon and audible pick up your copy at reinventideal.com talk that's reinventideal.com talk You're listening to Reinvent Ideal, dating and life advice for men. Seems struggling though, you need some help? The wisdom you need when you're depressed and no one cares because you're not a chick. While we're all enjoying our day, we're gonna lose 12 men to suicide today. Your weekly red Red pill pill prescription. It's a place for unguarded conversations to investigate with a council of men the riddles of life. With Cairo Copeland. On today's edition, we're going to be talking exclusively about the three superficial investments that you make in yourself they're superficial because they're all about the outward appearance but they do have an effect on how you feel inwardly and then also i'm going to share with you four very important people that you will need in this pursuit of finding the right woman or finding the best woman that you can have now other coaches will tell guys that it doesn't matter what they look like that they don't have to have A fit body, or dress well, or pay attention to how they're groomed. Mainly, these coaches just resent the fact that guys are just not good enough on their own. And you know what? I share that lament, but I also live in the real world. So, a guy that's horribly out of shape and wears clothes that don't match and don't fit, and he pays no attention to his grooming, he's gonna be giving women so many excuses not to give him a chance. And they have enough of those excuses already. And They have so many other options at their disposal So why make it so easy for them to reject you right off the bat a very important principle in all of this is that you just leave No tool unused that's why I find it necessary to explore these three superficial areas They can go a long way in getting your foot in the door and open your chances to women that otherwise would have passed you up So don't leave any woman on the table for that reason I'm suggesting that you make an investment in your fitness, your wardrobe, and your grooming. Don't let these things fall by the wayside, because most guys, they pay little attention toward these. So when you do the opposite, you stand out. You become unmistakable. When she sees that you've got these little aspects of your life handled uh, and handled with care, she'll conclude that you do that with everything in your life, starting with fitness. Your health and your body are two things that you have an immense amount of control over, And if you can't handle these two things, which you have a great amount of influence on, how are you going to handle the things in life that you have very little to no control over, which is mostly everything else in the world? And it's scientifically proven that being overweight is not healthy. I'm so tired of these body acceptance things that makes everyone feel so okay with being out of shape. I mean, I understand that, yes, we should not shame people for feeling Not up to the standards that the media creates. I'm completely for that. But encouraging people to continue to live an unhealthy lifestyle, that's unacceptable to me. The world today makes it so comfortable to be overweight, not just by catering to the taste buds, but also to sensitivities. You see, a fit, chiseled man, when he walks down the street shirtless, we label him a douchebag. And a woman with a similar physique, she's labeled a slut when she shows off her fit body. But say anything close to suggesting that an overweight person put down the fork and pick up a dumbbell, then you're this insensitive, fat-shaming asshole. Now, I'm not trying to promote fat-shaming. The point I'm trying to make here is that society has made it far too easy for you to be out of shape, and I want you to reject that. The so-called dad bod, it's joked about lightly, and it's practically celebrated into acceptance of all these memes on social media about failing to obtain The summer body for the summertime. It's it's so uh, spread around popularly like it's uh, something that should be acceptable. But you see, when you want to be an attractive man, you cannot be merely acceptable. You need to be exceptional. The fact that physical fitness is so rare to find these days, that makes the man stand out and become immediately unforgettable. You see, any lazy guy can grow a beer gut, but only an exceptional man can chisel out a six-pack. let me say this about it. You're not doing this for women. You're doing this for you. See, even the most ripped muscular men get rejected. It's not a guaranteed one-way ticket into bed with them. The purpose of it is to establish confidence within yourself by doing something that you can do all by yourself. A lot of uh, confidence boosters like competition or sales and pickup require another person. So the likelihood of reward is not entirely within your control. There's always One variable that can mess it up, the other person. But in fitness, it's just you and the weights. You get back from them what you put into them. Very few things in life are able to do this for you. Now, this isn't a workout advice podcast, but I was a personal trainer, so I'm qualified to say this. What you need to focus on is the heavy compound weightlifting exercises. I didn't focus on these at first when I first started training. And it took me a long time to get into shape. I wish I had started with these. It would have saved me a lot of time. And what are these exercises? Well, there are four big moves here. The deadlift, the squat, the shoulder press, and the bench press. These four moves will work the most muscles, more than any other maneuvers that you could do. And they're going to help burn the most body fat, since each of these involves nearly the entire body. A very active squatting itself Does an enormous deed for your mental well-being because when you look at what the movement is It's symbolic of something that you do every day or I like to think that you do every day You have heavy weights being put down on your shoulders, but you're rising up in spite of them So this move the squat more than any other Lift that you do is going to help you the most it will boost your testosterone and it even fights depression working out by lifting heavy weights also activates the brain in a new way, and increases brain plasticity. And when that's increased, your ability to learn new things is improved. And that's going to be important if you're going to be trying to learn things like dancing or a musical instrument. You'll also be able to develop a new mental strength just from lifting the weights, because you've endured through so much physical pain in the gym, facing things that are merely annoying in life become less irritating, because... You've handled more irritating things like post-leg day soreness. Now, some guys are going to be saying, well, you know, that's great, but I've seen guys that are not ripped and really don't even look all that good, and they have a girlfriend that's a perfect 10. Okay, that's great, but uh, why don't you have it then? I mean, uh, you're not uh, ripped, so he's no better looking than you. Why can't you have it? And they have no answer to that. And what I'm going to tell them is that the problem is that you never even got your foot in the door. That guy had his foot in the door some other way. Maybe it was a friend of a friend that spoke highly of him. But for you, you don't have that luxury. It's better for you to do the hard work in the gym so you get your foot in the door. You want to be as ripped as you can so it's no longer an excuse you can have for yourself as to why you're not confident. A lot of guys that I've coached told me that they would feel more confident if they were in better shape. Well, get in better shape. It's the guys that say that and use it as an excuse not to go talk to the girl They never get to it. And you also don't want to be something that the perfect 10 can use to hold against you. Imagine if you connected with one through conversation and built up a great report and had all the right moments. But when it came to the physicality and when it came to sex, she turned you down because she was just not attracted to you because your body was out of shape. What about the pain that you'd feel when you've put in so much hard work to connect with her? and carry on conversations with confidence when you were really trembling inside, and made intense efforts to make her comfortable around you, only for her to reject you because there was just no attraction. And you see, the trembling that you're doing while you're conversing with her, hoping that she likes you, that goes away when you're in shape. You don't have that kind of worry because you're very confident in yourself. So that's why I'm telling you to do this. It's not because you just want shallow bitches. It's all for you. To be a more confident man. And just think of which version of yourself you'd have more respect for the one that did something that he never thought he'd be able to do a year ago, or the one that just let himself go in a manner that any guy could have done. So make the fitness journey about building love and respect for yourself, not about impressing the women. They will be more impressed by the side effect of you loving yourself and having high self esteem than by any amount of weight that you can lift. The women you're attracted to are probably physically fit. And you can expect that they'll be attracted to physically fit men. Or really, it's more of just a matter of they're turned off by the out-of-shape men. Because the last thing that a woman like this would want to see after coming home from an intense workout at the gym is her man sitting on the couch, drinking beer, playing video games, and living like a fat slob. She'd feel like she was way much more of a man than he is. And because of the self-inflicted pain that she took on for growth... While he sat at home just relaxing on his ass, she would feel more like the man in the relationship. And that's one quick way to turn her off. But then, also, because women, they want to feel feminine in the presence of a masculine man, not the inverse. And then, you gotta bear in mind that fitness commands respect without having to verbally ask for it. You see, fitness is evidence of an ability to devote and discipline oneself and to overcome great obstacles. A fit physique is something that can't be bought, borrowed, stolen, inherited, or faked. It can only be earned. And even once it's earned, it's easy to lose. So the fit, respect the fit. If the fit women are the sexier women, you surely want their respect, because that's a requisite for attraction. And finally, there's just nothing good about being overweight. It's only going to cause problems for you later in life. There are serious problems like joint repair, knee replacement surgery, gastric bypass, Heart disease and diabetes and much of these can be prevented by just adopting better eating habits A huge step in the right direction is just taking the sugar out of your drinks Instead replace it with water or better yet. There is an amazing brand that I drink a lot of it's called protein Two O. It's just protein infused water drink that instead now here's something that you can expect It's going to be very easy for you to make up excuses gonna be things like Oh, she should love me for who I am, not what I look like, or it's my genetics, or I don't have the time, or it's too expensive to eat healthy. Um, let's uh, just shoot down all these excuses one by one. She should love you for who you are. Well, yeah, she should. But if the roles were reversed, would you accept it? Because I'll tell you what, you want to talk about fat shaming, the ultimate fat shaming asshole is your erection. You don't get one for out of shape girls. So why would you expect them to get wet for an out of shape guy? It's not a matter of being shallow, it's a matter of evolution. When you see a beautiful woman, or a fit woman, scantily clad, you didn't have to stop and think to yourself, oh wait, uh, am I attracted to her? It just happens automatically. And the same occurs for her. She doesn't stop and analyze you when determining attraction, it's just a biological instinct. And some guys are going to say, well it's my genetics, is why I can't get in shape. This one needs to be killed off and die a miserable death. Because there are men in their late 70s, with better bodies than guys in their 20s, and they didn't start working out until after 60. It's never too late to build a better body. It's only a matter of motivation. These old men are gonna live well past their 90s if they keep it up. You look at them and ask yourself, what's my excuse? And while you're working out, trying to push out one more rep or add one more plate, say to yourself the following phrase, I can't means I won't. Another excuse I hear is, oh, I don't have the time, and I know that's a lie. Because if a million dollars was waiting for you in a suitcase and all you had to do was drop 30 pounds, you'd find the time. What you're really saying is that it's not a priority. It's not important to you. Yeah, there's not a million dollars in a suitcase right in front of you, but there is something right in front of you that's in it for you. Beautiful women. Is that not motivation enough? The last excuse I hear is, oh, it's too expensive to eat healthy. Maybe if you're buying pre-prepped meals or... Nutrisystem diets that you're likely not going to stick to but making your own healthy meals is actually cheaper See at sam's club. You can get 10 pounds of chicken for 16 dollars You can get fresh produce on the cheap. The only thing you need to do is make yourself. It's not a matter of money It's a matter of laziness See a meal at mcdonald's is gonna cost five to six dollars But you can make a healthier version of that meal at home for two dollars the pain of discipline is easier to bear than the pain of rejection. It's easier to bear than the pain of regret, especially over something superficial and something that's totally fixable. So get your ass in the gym. Stop making these excuses. I don't want to hear any of this, oh, I can't be in shape or oh, I'm too tired. What you're saying is that you're okay with living in this existence where Your body is out of shape and unattractive and you're telling yourself that you don't deserve better by doing that and personally i've just had enough of this normalizing the dad bod normalizing the laziness celebrating it like it's something fun to do it's not going to be fun to do years from now when you got blood clots or clogged arteries and you need to go to the hospital and the doctor walks in and says i'm sorry but there's nothing that we can do we're gonna have to amputate the leg we're gonna have to amputate the arm so all these people that are saying oh we need to be accepting everything yes we should be accepting and tolerant and respectful of people's personalities but when someone is clearly abusing themselves by neglecting their health we need to speak up for that person it's more loving and it's more caring and it's more of a good deed to say to that person hey I'm here willing to help you. I'm offering my services. I'm a personal trainer. I'd love to help you get into better shape, make you love yourself more. It's more of a sympathetic handout and an act of charity to do that than it is to say, oh, no, no, I accept your unhealthy lifestyle. I don't accept your unhealthy lifestyle, and I'm not going to sit here and allow you to make excuses for it. If you want help, come see me, work with me, be happy to get you on a training program. That's what we should be doing instead of making up all this fucking bullshit about how it's okay to be unhealthy and out of shape. There's just nothing good about being fat. Nothing good ever comes from it. Nothing good comes from being overweight. It's just scientifically proven, but we want to sit here and act like, oh no, no, uh, we've uh, evolved to a point where it's going to be okay to live and eat this way. You're not tired. It's not your genetics. It's not too expensive. You're just fucking lazy. That's all it is. These people are just fucking lazy. They don't want to get off their butt and have to go cook a healthy meal. They'd rather just go get one that's fast food because it requires no effort. And I'm telling you, you can start out small. Just do one healthy meal a day. Walk one mile a week and then slowly increase it. You're going to do a lot better that way, starting out small and slow than trying to go all hardcore right from the start. All right, let me get down off my soapbox and get back to the things that we're supposed to be talking about today. As you can see, this is a subject that I'm really fired up about because I just had so many clients when I was a personal trainer, so many clients that were the bad client that you really dreaded seeing that would make up so many excuses. No matter what uh, wisdom you gave them, they always found some excuse for it. All right, I'll move on now. Next investment that you make is in your wardrobe. We think of clothes as something that's so superficial and meaningless and we only wear them really because... It's a social imperative, only doing it because we have to. Or maybe, uh, even if such imperative didn't exist, probably some people would still wear them because they're afraid of uh, showing what the clothes conceal. Now, I'm going to tell you, when you invest in your fitness, you no longer have that worry. It is a great exercise for yourself, actually. You want to build confidence? Go to a nudist beach or a nudist resort. When you have to stand in front of strangers naked and talk to them, pretend like nothing is out of the ordinary, because that's how they talk to you, they, they don't see anything out of the ordinary with being naked. When you uh, need to reciprocate and do the same, you find a lot of the social shame and anxiety completely disappears. Now, you need clothes, though, for when you uh, leave the new displaced. So this is why I'm telling you, you need to invest in clothing. The previous uh, investment in your fitness was all about cultivating respect for yourself. but This one is about Respect for others. Not respect from others, but having respect for others. Consider two things an eyesore construction site and then a scenic beach. Now, the construction site, imagine it being very disorganized. There's clutter and rubble everywhere. And just looking at it makes you feel stressed out because you see these horrific conditions that the workers need to endure and work in throughout the hot day. The mess. Just makes it hard to coordinate the work, need to cooperate and get teamwork done is hindered because there's piles of rubble everywhere in the way, there's smoke flying around, there's sawdust flying around, and you just feel it in your lungs just by looking at it. You're not even breathing it in, but you can feel these things in your lungs. See, a sight like this is a stressful one, and the same can be said about a poorly dressed man. When there's color confusion among the clothing and the apparel items are too baggy or they're too tight, or if they're wrinkled or unclean, it's offensive to the onlooking eye. Now, let's change the scenery here. Imagine a beach that is very easy on the eyes. It's a collection of creations from the natural world. Instead of hard lines and hard angles and shapes, we have these soft contours in the sand that are... Very uh, randomly patternized, but it's a very well flowing pattern. And even when it's covered by clouds, the sun shines so much brighter at the beach, and it requires your eyes to do very little work in taking in the sight. And because the color blue is so easy to see and it's everywhere, it calms the mind. You see, it's there from the ocean, and it's there from the sky horizon. So much blue everywhere, and. It's a color that's very easy for your eyes to see. It doesn't require a lot, of contra- a lot of concentration from you to appreciate it. So the blue space is going to be an inspiration of stress-free observation. And that's why the beach itself is a stress-free place for so many people. So you want to have this exact same effect on people when they look at you. And that's what investing in your wardrobe is all about. Now, you don't have to keep up with the Latest trends or wear the most expensive brands. You see, if anything, doing those makes you look like you're seeking validation. But wearing clothes that complement your body type and fit you properly, and the colors are correctly coordinated, it's easy on the eyes to see. And what it says to others is, I respect you enough not to be a hideous thing that you have to look at. Now, I was never a fashion consultant, so I can't give you any specific advice on that. But that's someone that you're going to want to have in your life, is someone that can speak to what clothes you should wear. I'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. We want to move on to the next investment here, which is in your grooming. Now, this investment is a combination of the two before it. It's about having respect for yourself and also receiving respect from others. Now, There's been a trend going on across America that is really annoying to me. And it's really disgusting to women. Some of them like it, but I'm telling you, most of them don't. And it's this trend that has guys looking like homeless bums. What this trend does when you participate in it is it tells people that you're lazy. It gives them that idea. And what's this trend I'm talking about? It's those big, long, Duck Dynasty-style beards that just grow out of control. It reeks of laziness because... Everyone knows you have access to razors and grooming materials, but for whatever reason, you're choosing not to use them. And I'm not talking about the guys that do this for religious reasons. I'm not here to argue about is your religion right or wrong. I'm just here to tell you what makes a man attractive. And these out-of-control beards are just large sources of complaints from women. And it's not a matter of doing only what pleases women. If you try doing that, that's going to have quite the opposite effect that you want. It's a matter of, common courtesy to others. There's something that we just don't do because it's revolting, like chewing with your mouth open, or growing an out-of-control beard where food, spit, cigarette ashes, and who knows what else will linger in for hours is just revolting. So I'm not saying don't uh, grow any beard. You can have a beard. I'm saying don't grow one that's out of control like you're a terrorist. Now let's not forget about other forms of body hair that become repulsive when left out of control, such as the unibrow, ear hair, and nasal hair. Imagine how disgusting unkept nasal hair must look after you blow your nose. See, when these things are taken care of properly, the existence of proper care is invisible. But when they're not cared for, it's the only thing that can be seen. So see, in conversations, when you're trying to connect with her, the loose and wild hairs will be the only thing that she can see. And I'm telling you, don't let that happen. Just take care of it right now. And this next one here is just a personal opinion of mine, is that All body hair needs to be removed. All of it. Now, I tell you, here's why I do it. Because I was a personal trainer, and I was often doing photo shoots to show that I had the credentials to be a personal trainer. See, nobody ever asked to see if I was a certified personal trainer, because I never was. I didn't care for any of that shit. Because the only thing that uh, certified me was my body. When people saw how great of a shape that I was in, that was all that was necessary to win their business. They didn't care what test I took or what certification I won. They see the shape that I'm in. They're like, hey, I want to look like you. Can you show me how? Absolutely, I can. So I just had all body hair removed, even my legs. But the legs was a different thing. It was mainly to motivate myself. If I shaved my legs, it drew attention to them so I wouldn't uh, skip leg day. And I got rid of all body hair for that reason. Looking good for photo shoots. See, some women will say that they like a hairy body. But you can't know that. Before she tells you and many of these women had fathers that were very hairy and looked like bears without their shirts on And when you have the same problem with out-of-control body hair You run the risk of reminding her of her dad and whether she had a good relationship with him or not She's not going to be attracted to him or someone that reminds her of his body So i'm telling you don't take that risk have all the hair on your chest your gut your shoulders, and your back removed. Other areas of grooming that are the bare minimum are clean and trimmed fingernails, regularly brushed and flossed teeth, and freshened breath. Neglect in these areas will overrule anything else you have going for you. And when it comes to the hair on top of your head, if you're lucky to have a full head of it, just find a stylist that can put a cut together that complements you best. And yes, keep it cut. Now, long hair is, it looks good on musicians, uh, particularly ones long enough to have a ponytail, Looks good on them, but you see it's associated with being feminine, whereas the more close cut, the more masculine, you think of military and law enforcement, or even the Roman warriors of old are all recognizable by their short hair, and they're all thought of being uh, very masculine. When you think of Roman soldiers, you don't think of any girls, you think of guys, and then you think of very strong, powerful men. When you think of military soldiers, you think of guys right away, or you think of uh, police officers, you think of men right away. It just radiates masculinity. Now, for those of you that are losing your hair or facing a receding hairline or male pattern baldness, I sympathize with you because I got the same problem. But let me tell you, do the right thing. Just shave it all off. You're going to save yourself so much time and money by making this move. Don't waste any of that time or money with hair pieces or transplants or wigs. It's a waste of time. It doesn't help you. And if it falls off and you're found out, it's very embarrassing. A University of Pennsylvania study found that a fully bald man was rated as more attractive, he was more assertive and masculine than men with full heads of hair. Just think of Dwayne the Rock Johnson or Vin Diesel or Michael Jordan. These guys were fully bald and they didn't have any trouble with being seen as attractive and admirable. A fully shaved head also shows a man's ability to accept reality and adapt to it, as opposed to a guy that merely lets the horseshoe grow around his head and tries to comb it over, hoping that no one will notice the bald spot. because so I'll tell you what, I've been on both sides of this. When I had a full head of hair, I didn't have any allurement skills, so I never got anywhere with women. But when I shaved it off and then I learned allurement, it didn't even matter. They didn't even notice that I was bald. And if she ever asks why you're bald or what happened to your hair, you just say something uh, smart assy like, well, I used to have it down to my ass, but then I realized it was covering my best feature. One more thing about grooming... This also includes the scent that you carry. You never notice why women love flowers. They love flowers that not only look good, but smell good too, as women are very sensitive to smells. They really enjoy them when they smell good. And they're the exact same way with men. So bad body odor could be the deal breaker for the women that you're hoping to get closer to. And while a good scent won't seal the deal for you, it will at least allow her to enjoy your presence. And this is one of those things that, That's noticeable both when it is there and when it's not there. So the main objective is to find the right balance of how much fragrance to use. I don't uh, know off the top of my head which fragrances are the best ones, but I'd suggest since they change over time regularly, i just suggest regularly doing a Google search for a list of colognes that women rave about. Uh, This investment in grooming seems like it's all about respecting others, But it is also a matter of self-respect because neglecting something important like your teeth can have a greater long-term consequence than just turning off women. The enamel starts to wear off and the gums begin to recede and bacteria infest the mouth. Well, then it's going to enter the bloodstream from the bleeding gums and it will travel its way to the brain, causing a host of health-related horrors that you really just don't even want to experience. I know this because I had periodontal disease once, And the expense that I had to go through to get it fixed and the amount of pain that I had to go through to get it fixed. I wish I had just brushed and flossed regularly in my life to uh, a point where I did it enough to avoid ever going through that experience. Taking care of these little things can have a compounding effect. And it shows to others that a man who pays attention to even the smallest detail puts that much effort into every important matter in his life. So it's about leaving no tools behind in the chest. Those are the three superficial investments. Let me share with you now how to best make those investments. I want to introduce you to four people that you need to have in your life if you're going to take this pursuit as seriously as you can, and to utilize all of the tools that are available to you. To accomplish all these things, what I recommend is putting together your own team of advisors or helpers or assistants. A team that consists of four members. First one is a therapist. Now, you may be thinking, well, I don't have any problems. uh, What do I need a therapist for? Let me explain. I'll tell you. Second is a personal trainer. Third is a wardrobe consultant. And fourth is a dance instructor. I say each one of these is absolutely vital. And you're probably thinking, well, no, no, this is going to be way too expensive. Well, yeah, it could be. But here's something else. These members of your team don't have to be professionals, And they don't have to be people that you see face-to-face. You see, your personal trainer could be a YouTube channel. All that it needs to be is you just need these people to be objective. A good way to get a hold of people to do this. Maybe you don't have anyone in your life. You don't have any friends. You're one of those uh, very lonely guys. Or you just work too much to be able to make any friends. What I suggest doing is just post ads on the gigs section of Craigslist for each of these. Or, if you do have friends, ask a trustworthy friend to serve as one. But let me tell you why each one of them is vital. Starting with the therapist. One, you need to boost your emotional intelligence, which means coming to terms with any emotional pain that you may carry. Uh, Guys that get rejected a lot, or have been flaked on a lot, or ghosted on many times, they're going to carry a lot of emotional pain. And you need to deal with this pain and confront it. You need to talk to someone about it. You need to have someone to express your frustrations and moments of weakness to. But here's the catch. That person cannot ever be the woman you're dating. It cannot be your girlfriend. It cannot be your wife. You can never let your woman know that you're in pain. Very good reasons for this here. It's a real red pill awakening for a lot of guys. But I tell them, do not ever go to the woman you're dating with your frustrations and express your problems and the things that make you sad and the things that hurt you deep inside. Don't ever let her know about those, even if she's the cause of it, especially if she's the cause of it. And no matter how close the two of you are, you don't tell her. But these feelings can't stay bottled up forever. They need to be let out and expressed. So that's why you have a therapist, or a deep emotional connection friend, someone that you don't ever intend to sleep with, That is the person for this task. Or if you're a religious person, it could be a clergyman. I mean, they're there specifically to help you deal with issues. Use them to talk about your struggles in life. Vent out your frustrations. Allow them to offer up advice. But don't feel obligated to take it. Especially if uh, your therapist happens to be a woman. You don't want to take her advice on how to behave with women. It's not that she's incompetent in the area, but... She'll give you the same advice your mother would give you. She's going to tell you to do what to do to please women and behavior that specifically to please and win a woman's approval is a turnoff to them. The role of the therapist is only to share with them the things that you must get off your chest, but cannot share with your woman. And when I take on a co- coaching client, this is the role that I serve for them is a the role of a therapist. You can come talk to me about all your problems so that you don't talk to your woman about them. And she doesn't get the idea that you're a weak, incompetent man. So this doesn't have to be a professional therapist. It can just be a close friend or a random hire off Craigslist. It'll be very easy to hire one from there and set your rate because, I mean, all they got to do is just sit down and listen to you talk and they get to make a few quick bucks. I mean, that's easier than most of the other work that's offered on Craigslist. Next one, the personal trainer, also a role that I serve with my coaching clients You see, you need to push yourself as hard as you can in the gym, and to do this, I say it requires the services of a spotter for those heavy lifts, and also someone that can keep you on track, not wasting time in the gym, and remind you of why you're doing this. The trainer is there to keep pushing you, because this area of your life is the easiest one to make excuses for. Now, the trainer doesn't have to be professional either. If you can afford a professional, I'll tell you, certainly go out and get one because they can construct a plan for you highlighting the areas that need the most work but just a reliable gym partner will do it is most preferable to have someone in this role that already has a great physique since there is much that can be learned from them already i mean you don't want a uh, you don't want an out of shape person to be your gym partner because they'll slow you down and this isn't to uh, pick on anyone please don't read that into i'm not picking on anyone here but someone who's out of shape is just not going to inspire you. And it's possible that as you're getting into better and better shape, and they're not progressing, they may want to hold you back so that they don't feel uh, inadequate. But when it's someone that really is in shape, well, they've already accomplished something that you really want. Now, suppose you just can't find anybody that is in great shape. At least find someone that is motivated to get into better shape with you. What matters the most, though, is reliability. That's the most important trait with this person. And if you just can't find anybody, well, uh, there's a great YouTube channel that I think really helps guys out called uh, Gravity Transformation. And then there is also uh, Chris Gethin's workout on uh, caged muscle. He spells caged with a K though. So at cagedmuscle.com, you can use uh, Chris Gethin's video trainer. Now they don't need to be as strict as a drill instructor if you get a person. They just need to be somebody that will not let you get away with flaking on gym days. They should remind you that guys who flake on a workout day are the same guys that will be flaked on by girls for dates. Their purpose is to hold you accountable. Next one is the wardrobe consultant. Authors are told that they should never design their own book covers, and that's for a good reason. You see, an author may know how to arrange words in a way that's easy for the mind to absorb, because that's their craft, but do they know about color opacity or beveled and embossed ingredients? or how to coordinate the feel of a font with the feel of the image it's titling. Probably not. So in the same way, men should not dress themselves. You see, your craft is to carry on an interesting conversation, to exemplify a confident demeanor and look good doing it. You're responsible for the contents of your character. Let someone else be responsible for the cover image, and that will free up the energy to focus on The parts that you may enjoy more, such as working out, or learning how to dance, or building a social circle. Now, professionals in this area are very pricey, and they're used to working with business executives and TV newsmen, politicians, actors, and other people who are always required to be well-dressed. Now, all you really want, though, is just someone that can demonstrate that they have an eye for coordinating colors and determining the appropriate size fittings and matching the top half with the bottom half to make you easy to look at. So this could be anyone. Now, here's what I think is the best candidate for this. If you know a guy that dresses very well and he's got a girlfriend or he's got a wife, use that girlfriend or wife. They're your wardrobe consultant because she more than likely had a hand in how well he's dressed. And the last one, last member for your dream team is the dance instructor. This one member should definitely be a professional or someone that just has a lot of experience teaching dance because you see, it's one thing to be good at dancing, but it's another thing to be good at teaching dancing. As I keep stressing that dancing is what you need to learn to meet the beautiful women. I keep bringing it up here because it's 100% true. Your aspiration is not necessarily to be as great as a professional dancer, but to be the above average amateur. And learning from the best will at least make you better than the the average newbie the girls you end up dancing with they likely were not professionally trained so this makes you more qualified to lead them and while there are many uh, great dance class channels on youtube i wouldn't rely on them solely for developing your ability there's nothing wrong with using those it's just they can't replace having an in-person practice with a teacher see it literally takes two to tango so you're best served practicing it with another person than with i don't know a mannequin on wheels I mean, imagine uh, being caught dancing with a mannequin on wheels and how embarrassing that must be. And this is one area where it's well worth spending money on, more so than the other areas of the Dream Team. See, emotional support is something you can find in other places than from a therapist, so there's no need to spend a ton there. Many ways to work out and get in good shape without top-notch equipment or a competitive bodybuilder as a trainer. And don't be fooled into spending lots of money on supplements, because most of them do nothing for you. And your wardrobe... It's best to be cautious about how much money you spend on that to begin with because clothes can get ripped or strained or just go out of style. But someone who teaches you how to dance has taught you something evergreen, like riding a bike. It's something you'll never forget how to do. So this person should be well paid for that reason. And that is it for us today. Thank you very much for listening. But one more thing before you go, I'll make you a deal. Wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, if you leave me a review on that platform and you screenshot that review and send it to me in an email to Cairo at reinventideal.com. That's Cairo at reinventideal.com. I will send you a copy of my free ebook. The drama-free relationship how to tame and train your girlfriend because here's the deal in today's world you do have to condition bad habits out of a woman that you are in a long-term relationship with a woman that you choose to make your girlfriend you're gonna have to condition bad habits out of her this book will show you how to avoid much of the drama and pain that could inevitably be caused based on the conditioning that she has received prior to being in a relationship with you so that's the drama free relationship how to tame and train your girlfriend i will send it to you for free if you send me a screenshot of your review to cairo at reinventideal.com. please remember that the bull gets blocked right here because i am my brother's keeper and i got your back thank you for listening to reinvent ideal with cairo copeland your weekly red pill prescription. See more at reinventideal.com. How to talk to nines and tens, the social intelligence to connect emotionally with a woman. Do you freeze up when you see a hot girl? Do you struggle with knowing what to say to her or fear running out of things to say? Do you yearn to attract women through conversation? All of these problems are 100% fixable. What if you could start a conversation with any woman at any time, anywhere? What if you never ran out of things to say to keep the conversation going, without boring or annoying her? What if you could captivate a woman's attention easily and connect with her emotions effortlessly? What if you could flirt her up without creeping her out? That would be a more ideal life, wouldn't it? I'm telling you that all of this is 100% possible. How to Talk to Nines and Tens will show you step-by-step how to accomplish this with a proven system that goes from opening, to flirting, to closing. You'll discover how to effortlessly start a conversation with any woman you want, the fastest way to find out if she likes you, shortcuts to get past small talk, how to never run out of things to say, how to flirt her up without creeping her out, the way to ask for a date that she can't say no to, how to emotionally connect with her. And the one thing that separates the studs from the simps. With actionable advice and step-by-step instruction, you can immediately put it into practice and start having better conversations with beautiful women today. How to Talk to Nines and Tens. Available on Amazon and Audible. Pick up your copy at reinventideal.com slash talk. That's reinventideal.com slash talk talk.